everyday dough. The ones who enhance the flow. You know them Bruce Lee roars and possess the glow. Yo, you're the last dragon, so you're good to go. You're giving back to the world or why you're crushing your gold. See, you ain't gotta see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. And you're here just to give us some pearls. We appreciate that so we can share with the world. See, you ain't gotta see it. You can just be it. You're the streets hope. Yeah, God told me you're dope. Dope to dope to dope dope. You're dope. Dope to dope to dope. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to Everyday Dope, the podcast about dope people who do dope things. And when do they do these dope things? Well, quite frankly, they do them every day. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield. Today's guest is going to be Sarah Elizabeth Langford. She's an advocate for literacy. She's been a Division I athlete, and she's in the streets of Atlanta helping the Beltline get finished for all Atlanta residents. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm doing so awesome. <laughs> I'm excited to be here with you on Everyday I'm, Dope. Yes, and I'm here with you. This is a lovely place. The sun is shining. It's a good day. And you're at Everyday Dope. Oh, wowzers. We're going to start you off with the same question we ask everybody else that comes to Everyday Dope. Sarah, what's your definition of dope? My definition of dope is uplifting, inspiring, amazing, positivity, impacting the soul. So it's it's all things amazing. That's that's my definition of dope. All things amazing. So Sarah says she's been on a Nipsey kick. So is Nipsey amazing to you? You know what? <laughs> I never knew a whole lot about Nipsey Hussle really until his passing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started researching and just learning about him, he seemed like very inspirational. You know, a guy who seemed to be from the streets and really so knowledgeable about making a positive impact on the community, investing, um, uplifting his community. So I, I do think he's dope. I don't know that much about him, but mm-hmm. the little that I do know, I mean, he, he seemed like a very, um, a very dope individual. <laughs> very dope individual. Absolutely. When you hear the people in his community talk about him, it definitely feels like he's impacted their soul. Definitely. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting how we have icons like that. And um, I feel like their legacy is still living on from Nipsey to Kobe, even George Floyd, just people who really kind of shifted our mm-hmm. society in small but very powerful ways. Mm-hmm. Do you think literacy impacts us all? Oh, my gosh. I think that literacy is so important. And really, um, to me, what that means is investing in young children from a ver- very early age. So I'm on the some boards. One is called GEARS. That stands for Georgia Early Education Alliance for Ready Students. And then I'm also on the board of the Children's Museum, the Atlanta Children's Museum. And to me, all of the, those organizations that I serve on are really about investing early in our youngest children so that our kids can have the most dope future possible (laughs) and become the most dope individual. And that just means living up to their full and utmost potential. So, so they can actually impact the souls of themselves and others, right? Totally. 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 I have an aunt, you know, she always talked about reading and she's like, you know, the, the places that I've traveled, Cedric is because I read about that place Mm. and then I wanted to go to that place. Right. And so I think that part is really, really dope because I know it impacted her soul. Totally. And so I just want to like tell the folks a story about a time when I was at work and I called you up and I said, hey, you know, I need you to come read to these kids. I think it'll be great. I mean, you just 
showed up, you know, oh. and just read to the kids, you and cute Maria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was she there with yeah, me? She was oh, there with me. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and we, like, they, the kids sat on the they floor, are, and yeah. we read the book. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what makes you so humble and just able to just come out into places and and pour into the community like that? You know, I think it goes back to just where we're from, you know, Southwest Atlanta, just like you, we care about our community. Um, we care about our faith in God. And we understand that part of our responsibility um, as being from such a dynamic place as Atlanta, specifically Southwest Atlanta, is our responsibility to give back and to live up to our full potential mm -hmm. while we're also um, contributing to the lives of others. So I think it's just just how we were raised. You know, that, that's who we are. That's what you do. And I remember coming to your school and just I have so much admiration for teachers or anyone that works with young students because it's just so difficult. Um, it was so fun to see you, you know, and especially because you're so like science inclined and math inclined. I, that is so impressive. And it, it <laughs> Stuff was, you didn't know. <laughs> right. I was like, ooh, those are my weakest subjects. Um, so that was really, really a fun. And I think you was it some collaboration with Georgia Power mm -hmm. that you were doing. Yeah. And the kids were just really enjoying it, really enjoying you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's just that's just who we are. It's, it's part of giving back. It's just simply who we are. Now, now that's dope. Mm -hmm. Now we are from yeah. Atlanta and you know, you see the shirts, Atlanta influences everything. So how do you think Atlanta has impacted your soul? You know, I often feel so blessed to be from a city like Atlanta. And it's interesting when I travel to other places that's when I really start to realize how dope Atlanta is Absolutely. and how we often take it for granted. You know, yeah. so many, such a progressive city with pe black people, people from all different cultures, nationalities, religions, ethnicities, sexual orientations, just people of all different types in a city that um, fosters people striving to do new things, innovative things. Um, so it's, it's, I think Atlanta has really is part of who I am. <laughs> Atlanta impacts the soul. It is Literally. dope. It is dope, period. <laughs> now, with you being really passionate about literacy, right, things have changed. You know, when we were in high school, we barely had Hotmail. You know, like the Internet was just coming when we graduated. Um, but now there's technology everywhere. So how do you think the the progression of technology is affecting literacy? Um, you know, I think the progression of technology in general is really impacting our community and really society as a whole. And I think, you know, some of it is very, very good because like with my daughter, Maria, she's six years old. Anytime we have a question or curiosity about any subject, we can quickly look it up, Google and, and read it so easily. Just so much information literally at our fingertips. But the other side of that is with the advancement of technology, you know, we have to be so careful because our young people and even us as adults are exposed to so much. much. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's things that impact us that we might not even realize how much we impact us, you know, like just watching the news and reading so many news stories. So I think we, we have to be so careful with what we consume um, with the advancement of technology. Um, so, you know, that that's kind of like a double-edged sword. We are thankful for all the advancements in technology, but we also have to be so careful about just how it really impacts us. Absolutely. So do you think that literacy itself changes though? Like now, because now I'm teaching, but I'm teaching on Zoom or I'm teaching on Teams. Like, do you think children are going to have to put, I'm a Zoom operator on, on their resume? Like, 
Do you think it's not just reading a book? Do you think literacy is something more than just reading and um, writing? You know, I think when it comes to reading and writing, it's really about being able to obviously do the basic fundamentals of reading and writing mm -hmm. and understanding what you're reading and writing. But it's really about the way that your brain processes information. And with technology, especially now during COVID and as we're kind of moving slowly with vaccines out of COVID, um, yeah, I think our brains are changing. I think the way that children learn is changing. Zoom technology is changing everything. So it's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm in no way an expert in that area, but it is very interesting to see just how life is changing and how technology now is a part of everything. Um, so it's, it's just interesting to see the developments and it continues to change. Mm -hmm. You're the streets hope. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch it up a little bit. Now, all through your childhood, all through high school, you're an amazing athlete, amazing gymnast, right? And you got your kettlebells over here in the corner. <laughs> you're still ripped up. I see the sun is out. So your guns are out. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, all, you know, that, you know, those skills led you to uh, the University of Michigan. And so I want to hear about, you know, being an athlete at the top level, like at, at that height, you know, what were your experiences there? The relationships, the activity, you know, the discipline that it takes. Tell me about it. Well, so I started doing gymnastics when I was very, very, very young. And I think it really was just a way for my mother and father to kind of help channel my energy <laughs> into something positive. Right, right. <laughs> and just, you know, instead of uh, playing on the furniture and doing cartwheels in the living room, they kind of said, hmm, okay, how can we channel this into some good um, and, and introduce me to gymnastics. And so I went to Pace Academy, was on the gymnastics team there, and also at a private club, Atlanta School of Gymnastics, and then was fortunate enough to go on to University of Michigan, where I was, had a full gymnastics scholarship, and we won Big Tens, um, and just really, really an amazing life experience. And it, it really taught me so much about struggle and discipline and difficulty, um, but most of all about overcoming challenges. Because after going through that, really that teamwork, that camaraderie with my coach, Bev Palaki, and my fellow teammates, um, it, it really made me understand the value of teamwork and in being able to work together with others to accomplish a goal, but also made me understand the value of being able to reach within deep within your soul and um, overcome challenges that maybe at first you didn't realize you could overcome, mm -hmm. whether it's physical or mental. Um, that, that's really what my experience at Michigan taught me. And I, I just, you know, people who know me know I am so passionate about my school. <laughs> Go blue. Yes. We do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was just, just such a dynamic experience coming from the South, from Atlanta, going all the way up to the North to Ann Arbor, Michigan, really, uh, really impacted me similarly to being from Atlanta, just, just a really, really dynamic experience. What was your favorite thing? I'm not, you know, well breast into gymnastics, but it was it like the uneven bars. Is it the, the floor exercise? Like what were you, what was your specialty? Um, I guess I would say I was best at vault and floor, and I definitely was not one of the best members of our team because our team had, you know, like former Olympians and just really, really high level gymnasts. So um, I probably was best at floor and, and vault, though. Okay. So what was one of the things you looked at? Like, you just stood there and you looked at it, and you're like, I can't do this. But you did overcome it, like you just said before. And then that that 
overcoming experience impacted your soul? Which one? You just, you made it through. You know, I think that was almost a daily occurrence because when you are an athlete at such a top level program like the University of Michigan, you are constantly being challenged and being pushed. And that's really the the job of your teammates and of your coaches. That's Scott and Bev Palaki um, was really to push our team to become the best in that that's what they did. And that's what we were there for. Um, so that was almost an everyday thing, you know, thinking, how am I going to get through this practice? You know, almost <laughs> four hour practices and then four weight, hours. Yes. Then weight lifting during the day. And then <laughs> after practice, we had, you know, study table and tutorial with different tutors. And so it was, it was a very, very difficult experience, but an extremely rewarding experience. But literally it was an everyday thing thinking, how am I going to get through this? Um, but we did it. You <laughs> yeah. know? And then what a great lesson for life. And for now today, you know, any challenge that comes about, I can pull back on those Michigan days and remember, I can do this. I've done Harder things than this before. <laughs> right. I'm about to get over, get through this challenge too. So, who was on that team that you still call up to this day and like, girl, remember? Oh my gosh, Karina, <laughs> Nikki. I mean, so oh, many. The whole, of, the whole squad. <laughs> so, so many of my teammates, and especially now with social media, we can communicate and really inspire each other and follow each other. And really, the current gymnasts at Michigan, because, you know, I'm always looking at Instagram and seeing what they're doing and checking them out and just receiving inspiration through them. So even the current athletes who are there, um, I, they don't even know me. And, you know, I'm like a old lady to the current <laughs> college athletes, but, but they still inspire me today. Now that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all about you, Sarah. It's all about you today. All right. So, um, you hit me up the other day about this belt line. Tell me what you got going on. Like what you, cause you oh, always yes. building something. Yes. And, <laughs> and you know what? Thank you so much for helping us. So I reached out to a lot of people in the community that I knew cared about the city of Atlanta, the metro area, this region, um, because the Atlanta Beltline was really going through the process of trying to get the necessary funding to complete the entire Beltline trail. It was almost complete, but we needed the city council to approve a funding mechanism to ensure that they got the last bit of funding. So now that was approved, thanks to community members like you who cared and who called in and, and expressed the importance of finishing the Beltline. So now there's a approximately $300 million to finish and complete the entire Beltline. Let's go. Yeah, so I'm so <laughs> excited about it. And really, um, there are portions of the city that have experienced the dynamic benefits of the Beltline, different communities, but then there are some that still are kind of waiting for mm -hmm. the Beltline in their communities to be finished. Um, so I really look forward to those communities that are kind of still waiting for the benefits of the Beltline to now finally be able to use and enjoy and feel the benefits of the completed uh, trail so that the CEO of the Beltline is Clyde Higgs and he and his team really just did a great a, a great job in conjunction with um, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and the city council who approved the funding so I'm, I'm excited for what our city has in store. So what do you see someone experiencing that they're not experiencing now like when I think Beltline I think Crock Street you know I think um, Old Fort Ford Park mm -hmm. I think Pont City Market so who else is about to benefit? Because I want them to know what's coming down the line. Yes. Well, you know, um, there's one shop owner that I talked to for a while. Um, it's on 
I think that's ML, no, it's on Lowry. And it's called, I think, the SNS Food Market. And it's just very small, simple, selling good products to the community, just like kind of a small corner store. And they express that, you know, we can't wait for the entire Beltline to be complete. So our business will really just receive more foot traffic, more customers, more visitors to the area. Um, the area will be that much more easily accessible from other parts of the city. So really, it's the businesses, the home, the individual homeowners, um, the commercial properties over there that will receive the benefit of that investment financially and then just more community members and more people from different areas of the city um, being able to shop and, you know, uplift those businesses that, that now we know is more important than ever. And impact the soul of those people. Amen. Now that's <laughs> dope. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you are knee deep in this literacy and you're amazing. Um, you gymnast like out of this world uh, you're still in shape you know and <laughs> you are out here building the economy helping folks with this belt line and all that is great it's wonderful it is dope it impacts my soul <laughs> but now it's time to figure out if you know what's going on in these streets what's the dopest according to you you what's the All right, Sarah, we've reached a point in our show we call What's the Dopest? This is a question you have to get the answer right. If you get it wrong, we put you out of your condo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we put you out in the hallway with the pedestrians. <laughs> so here we go. Sarah, what's going to be the dopest? University of Michigan or Howard University? Oh, there's no way I can even <laughs> compare because they're such different. So I'm going to have to you say, have to, you, I'm going to have to say both. I can't what? choose my schools, University <laughs> of Michigan and Howard. Yeah. No one can, no one can argue that the University of Michigan is, is not the most dopest place, <laughs> ever, but ever, but no one can, but also <laughs> no one can, and no one can argue that Howard is not the most dopest, dopest place ever. So that's, that's an unfair question. So, and so, on that, I'm putting you out now. <laughs> Yes, you're putting me out, yeah. right? So you're saying both of them impacted your soul. Totally. And you know what? I always make a point to highlight both University of Michigan and Howard mm -hmm. because the combination of going to an HBCU plus the University of Michigan really just um, helped me become the woman that I am. And I think without one, I wouldn't be who I am. Absolutely. So, so both of my schools, I love <laughs> so much. <laughs> Tell me why you love Tom Brady. Because he's the best. <laughs> okay. The best. You know what? Now I do love my Falcons. I, I will never, I love, <laughs> love, love all my Atlanta teams, but you have to give credit to where credit's hey, due. Hey, and Tom most of all, because beast. I'm not one that jumped on the Tom Brady bandwagon later after the fact we were at Michigan together. Yeah, you were so that's were. a little different. Now, if he didn't go to my school, I, I wouldn't be saying that. I would, <laughs> no, I would be true to my Atlanta Falcons. But because we were both at Michigan, because he was a Wolverine athlete at the same time yes. that I was an athlete, you know, hey, hey, we, we both come from the same type of place. So. You come from the same grind. That's right. So, Sarah. Tell the folks what's next for you. 
You've done so much. Like, what's what's next? Well, now I am continuing my real estate development work. So I have a development company company called Five Points Development, and we do all affordable workforce type housing developments. And it's really going very well. I feel that we are able to do work that's interesting and difficult, as any real estate development projects are, but also that uplifts community and provides quality housing to communities that need it. So that's really what my day-to-day job is. That's what I'm working on. Um, I'm thankful. We have great partners. Um, one partner is called the Searles Foundation. So I, ju- I just feel very, very blessed. Um, so I'm continuing my real estate development work. And then mm-hmm. also with my, I'm also serve on the University of Georgia System Board of Regents. And that is a board that really oversees the public colleges and universities in the state of Georgia. And that has also really, really been a blessing. I was appointed to serve on that board by former governor Nathan Deal. And it's it's awesome. We're able to just make sure that our public colleges and universities in the state of Georgia are the best they can possibly be for the students that attend them. And that that's really been a great opportunity for me to serve as a community member and get to know students and leaders in different Georgia communities all across the state. So I'm just continuing my work and just continuing to feel blessed and, and thankful. <laughs> and dope. That's what you're here to do. Now, um, with all this greatness, what do you do for fun? Ooh, you <laughs> it doesn't know, sound like you're having any. <laughs> no, I, oh gosh. You know, fun is so important. As you work hard in life, you also have to make sure we have fun. So it's been a little difficult um, during COVID, you know, because we wanted to stay safe. But um, having a six-year-old daughter, it's kind of like <laughs> everything is fun with her. You know, even her just riding her hoverboard around the house. You know, we, we make everyday fun. But I'm excited to start back traveling. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I always love to travel. I've been to places like St. Petersburg, Russia, Tokyo, Japan, um, Paris, France, of course. Um, and I've, I'm interested, I can't wait to start traveling again. So I really want to take my daughter to different, maybe like West African countries one mm-hmm. day, you know, when things are a little safer and, you know, we can comfortably be on a plane and, and, and everyone's been vaccinated. Um, but, but, Traveling is is what I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Sarah's ready to get back to traveling, y'all. <laughs> Thank you for being dope, Sarah. Thank for you for impacting the soul of yourself, your daughter, um, the rest of us, and just being great. Thank you. We, we appreciate you for doing that. Um, and we thank you for coming to Everyday Dope. You've been amazing. We thank you for your time, and we thank you for impacting the souls of Atlanta. Thank you. And we're going to holler at you on the other side. Thank you for tuning in to Everyday Dope. We hope you were inspired to live in your dopeness and celebrate the dopeness around you. Don't forget to rate, review, and share with your crew. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter at My Everyday Dope. I'm your host, Mr. Sheffield, and we will see you on the other side. Up the other side. Oh, 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 on the other, other side. <laughs> other side. Out.